They say the millennials don't really believe in investing. They kind of spend what they uh, have right away. But God is calling for us to be investors, investors in the future, investors in the kingdom of God, which is going to be forever and ever. And when you look at the word of God and you try to give yourself the spiritual things, you find that you start putting into a bank an investment that's going to bring you a rich return in eternity, but also begin to change your life right now. This is our probably our final week. We've actually gone through three months on, in pursuit of God's presence, like uh, Frank DiMaggio encouraged all the MFI churches to really focus on. And I feel like it's been a really, the longest probably uh, series you might call that we've spent time on. And I just want to talk about the Holy Spirit again today. I know Dory talked it on Wednesday. And I found that even as I went through a number of things, I found that after I was going through this material, I just was encouraged in my own self of how the Holy Spirit is with us and he's present among us. In Romans uh, 10, 17, Paul wrote, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more we take in the word of God, and the more we're open to the spirit, our faith begins to rise. Our faith takes a place that is above everything that comes against us. And our faith brings us into that place of the reality that we have God with us. And today I want that reality to hit us all hard, that the Holy Spirit is present in our lives and he is with us, that we would rise above whatever distractions there are in this world and all the things trying to buy for our attention and our finances, all even good things that would distract us from the reality of the presence of God, that he has a plan, that he's working a plan and he has a plan for us and he wants us to be conscious and aware of his presence. I want to go through a number of things that hopefully will stir your faith like they did my own. The wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully some of these truths from the word will just encourage you about how the Holy Spirit is that friend and he's currently with you. It'll kind of move past your own natural feelings and understanding, your emotions, and the atmospheres that we're constantly around that often challenge us to the fact that God is with us and God is moving in our lives. The Holy Spirit names. In the Old Testament, in King James, it actually uses a lot of times the word Holy Ghost. And in the modern English and how we, in the New King James, and some of the modern translations, we call not the Holy Ghost, but we call it the Holy Spirit. But that word ghost is an old English term. The Holy Ghost, he's breathing out and quickening and making alive. Again, that word quicken, like an Old Testament word uh, or Old King James, it, it's that place of making alive, that the Holy Spirit comes to make things alive. He comes to give life to us and to give strength to us. The Holy Spirit means the Holy Breath, the Holy Spirit of God moving and creating and giving life to everything it touches. Even as we sit here today or stand, whatever you're doing, it is the breath of God in our spirit that causes our lungs to continue to breathe in the air that gives our bodies the strength and the life to live. But it is the Holy Spirit that gives us life because he's residing in our spirit. To the believer and to the unbeliever, the breath of life started when Adam was breathed into the breath of God and it became a living soul. No matter our doubts or fears and sometimes thinking we're going to escape from God, it is the breath of God that gives us life and causes us to have life right now. And it gives us opportunity and ability to uh, make ourselves more and more full of faith and to develop a relationship with the living God. 
The Holy Spirit is also known as the Spirit of God or the Comforter. And only when you go through trials and tribulations and discouragement and you find you're in a place of grief or you find the Holy Spirit shows himself as a comforter. Or when you're in a stressful situation and you're in a fight and you find that the Holy Spirit is that one you cast your care upon and you feel that peace of God come. I, I love every time we come to prayer because you feel that peace of God come. There were just a couple of us on Wednesday and the, just that heaviness of the peace of God just came towards the end after we finished praying. The Holy Spirit being our comforter. The Holy Spirit known in natural terms as wind, fire, oil, and water. What a combination, each in their own aspects. We've seen over this last year uh, the, the effects of wind and fire and uh, water and how they can do damage and how powerful wind, fire, and water are in representing the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has divine names. The Holy Ghost is called God in Acts 5, 3-4. The Lord, the Spirit in 2 Corinthians 3:18. God and Spirit of God in 1 Corinthians 3:16. So there's different names and attributes, different dynamics and aspects of the Holy Spirit that we have to uh, have the opportunity to constantly be aware and grow in in our relationship with God because Holy Spirit is our representative right now of God the Father, Jesus Christ, and Himself. The Spirit's divine attributes. In Hebrews 9.14, he's called eternal. In Psalms 139.7-10, the word omnipresence. In other words, God's presence is everywhere. Omniscient, knowing everything there is to know. Ty bought us a, a thing called Google, and you ask it questions, and she has a limited uh, amount of answers. And if she doesn't know an answer, she says, well, I'm learning. But it's so interesting that we can talk to Google or, uh, what's the other one, Siri, and get a quick answer. And we are being, or Alexa, we are so being trained and tuned to the technological realm and uh, being able to get things quickly. But even more that society has answers and technology has answers, we must hear from the Holy Spirit who knows everything. Omniscient knowing everything there is to know. Omnipotent, having unlimited power. And it, you know, that's also the quest, too, to have power, to have ability, to have persuasion. But the Holy Spirit has unlimited, untapped power by the church. I just love your word, Bruce G., what you said today about the Holy Spirit. It is what we're contending for, to see that faith that was once delivered to the saints now working in the lives of people. And it's us, his believers, who are represented on the earth and how we will use our faith and allow the Holy Spirit to so use our lives that we are effective bringing the power of God to a dying world. The Holy Spirit's divine work in creation, if you read Psalms 33, 6, the impartation of life in Romans eight eleven, through the prophetic and the laying on of hands, healing. I was just reading even my regular reading this week about how uh, Paul, so full of the Holy Spirit, he was one that was said he was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit, totally surrendered his life, was beaten, thrown in jail, had this joy about how precious it was for him to suffer for Jesus. And he was so filled with the Holy Spirit that at one point they were taking handkerchiefs that had, he had touched or had touched his body and putting it on people, and they were, they were getting healed and restored to life. 
the Holy Spirit's divine honor and glory. The Spirit of glory and God rests on you. 1 Peter 4, 14. How many times we're going along, all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes up on us. We could say it's the glory of God. Sometimes when people are anointed or they begin to talk about God, you could actually see the shine, the glory of God in their eyes. They're radiating from that, that window of their soul, the window of their spirit, their eyes, and to see the glory of God shining through them. The Holy Spirit's acts. He searches the deep things of God for us and makes mysteries known. 1 Corinthians 2.10 How many times as we've gone along and grown in our relationship with God and grown spiritually that God adds to us line upon line, precept upon precept. There are nuggets that He gives us. There are, there are places where He illuminates the Word of God and we grow deeper and deeper in our personal relationship in our knowledge of the Lord searching the deep things, the mysteries. Even the fact that you're here today, you have already responded to one of the greatest mysteries, the mysteries of salvation in Jesus Christ. The world is looking for God in so many different ways and different religions, even in man looking into himself as he, like he is God. And yet we have had the privilege of having the Holy Spirit reveal to us the mysteries that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he came and died on a cross that his blood was shed, that if we would receive forgiveness of sins, every sin we've ever done or could do, we would could, be, could be born again and have a relationship with God. And yet we know there, there are probably most of the people in the world today are lost, and they're, they're not clued in about that mystery. In Revelations 2.7, it says that the Holy Spirit speaks. How often we want to hear from God. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us, according to Romans. He teaches us, John 14, 26. He leads and guides us, Romans 8, 14. He commissions men for service in Acts 13, 2. He glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ in John 16, 14 and John 15, 26. The Holy Spirit and Scripture. It is the Holy Spirit that inspired men to write down what God wanted them to to write down that we might know who God is, what He expects, what He's done, and what He will do. The powerful author of all scriptures in 2 Peter 1, 20-21. He is the interpreter of all the scriptures, Ephesians 1, 17. He is the interpreter of the Bible. We can all have our own philosophies and inputs of how we look and read the Bible, but it's only as the Holy Spirit opens up the Word to us and really lets it become part of our heart where we begin to have the true interpretation of the Bible. And often as we grow in the Lord, those things that are not quite right, God adjusts as we grow in our relationship with Him and the relationship with the Word. And there comes uh, a, just a settling of that foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, He works with sinners. Have you been a sinner that He started dealing with? He started drawing, He started convicting you? All of us have experienced that. It says he strives with them in Genesis 6-3. Striving means an effort to bring them to Christ. You know, it seems like sometimes the Holy Spirit's work, <coughs> you know, saying the word strive or convict could seem like harsh, but it really, it's the love of God through the Holy Spirit that works and strives with us and brings us and even allows us to go through difficult things to bring us to a place of repentance and change. 
to show us our need for God and to show us our sins that we need a Savior. It says in John 15, 26 that he witnesses to sinners. In John 16, 8 through 11, he convicts and convinces sinners of their need for Christ. How is the Holy Spirit treated by man? In Isaiah 63, 10, it says that he has been repelled against and he has been grieved. He is lied to by men in Acts 5, 3. He is blasphemed in Matthew 12, 31. I think some of the worst sins gone against the Holy Spirit, I feel like in our days, is to be ignored. The Holy Spirit's work in Jesus Christ. Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Luke 1.35. Christ was baptized with the Holy Spirit in John 1.32. Christ was anointed with the Holy Spirit in Acts 10.38. Christ was led by the Spirit in Matthew 4.1. Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit in Luke 4.1. Christ accomplished his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke 4.18-19. Again, even though Jesus was all God, and all man, all the power of God capsulated in a human body. It wasn't the human Jesus that worked and acted. It was the Holy Spirit coming to him when he was water baptized and empowering him to his mission to heal and bring the gospel of salvation to people. It wasn't his human flesh. <coughs> Christ offered himself as sacrifice through the Holy Spirit in Hebrews 9:12. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, was resurrected by the Holy Spirit in Romans 8:11. And it is that same spirit and that promise for us that if the Holy Spirit lives in our mortal bodies, that he will bring resurrection life. People have responded and received healing in their physical bodies by believing that scripture, that it is the Holy Spirit quickening and making our very body alive that can even drive out sickness and disease. And by faith, you can receive a healing in your body by believing that the resurrection life of Jesus, the same one that raised Jesus and the one who raised Lazarus, is now living in us through our faith in Jesus Christ. Christ gave commandments through the Holy Spirit after his resurrection in Acts 1.12. Christ poured out the Holy Spirit, having received it from God and being at the right hand of God, passes it right back to us. Now more than ever, a free access of the Holy Spirit to move through men and women on the earth through faith in Jesus Christ. That Jesus went through what he went through to bring us back into a relationship with God, but also bring us back to the place of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. That same one, that raised him from the dead. The one that was in Genesis, that when God was creating this earth, it was the Holy Spirit moving on the deadness and darkness of the waters. It was the Holy Spirit brooding over what was not created to bring forth that life. And it is that same Holy Spirit at times that has brooded over our own lives and seen our, our, our direction, see, seen our input, seen the generational things that have come into our life, and the Holy Spirit brooding over God's plan for us moving us in different directions to bring transformation and change and to bring us hope out of darkness, to bring our life into a place of beauty and glory because God who raises us from the dead can raise us up from the dead and can raise us up from anything that has limited or damaged us because God has a plan that no one can come against. Jesus is our example of a spirit-filled life. We are to live by the Holy Spirit. I hope just reading those 
three pages of the facts that are in the Bible about the Holy Spirit has got you a little bit excited about the Holy Spirit. Anybody getting a little bit stirred about the Holy Spirit? That He is there. But it is something we have to constantly remember when we wake in the morning that the Holy Spirit is with us. We have to keep that consciousness before us because, again, our problems and the things that we face will put us into that place of denial that we, where is He? Or a problem you may be going through, where is He? He hasn't gone anywhere. He is right there working. Ernest Antio wrote this in his book, The Indispensable Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit at Jesus' water baptism shows us how important the spirit baptism was to Jesus himself and his ministry. Jesus, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, nevertheless needed the special anointing of the Spirit in his life. Jesus now becomes the one who baptizes his followers into the Spirit-empowered life. We follow the same pattern that Jesus followed. Spirit birth, water baptism, and spirit baptism. In John 6, 44, the first part of the verse, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. The Spirit of God, God being all spirit, we can't really identify him because he's spirit and yet he's everywhere. The Holy Spirit, representing God, draws us to Jesus that we might make a decision to accept him. He attracts and woos us to Christ that we might know the Savior, that we might know God, and that we might be empowered by the Holy Spirit in our lives. The world is looking for more power. There's all kinds of new vitamins and things and things you could do to have a stronger body, but there's nothing like the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to give you strength. Samson was empowered not by any vitamins or any regiment of exercise, but he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and called of God to lead Israel against the Philistines. That's power. Holy Spirit power. Being born again allows the Holy Spirit access into our life. We were born with a free will. Adam was born with a free will and he walked with God, but he was deceived by Satan and traded that free will to become a slave of Satan. And he allowed all of us born since him to be part of a fallen nature of men under Satan's rule. But to come back to God, we must be born again spiritually. We must become spiritually alive, a place where God himself can inhabit and live within us, where God can direct us, can influence our will for good, and to be our comforter and helper and to help us get the best out of our life. In John 3, 5, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is that investment that's going to go on beyond this world. It's going to go on to eternity. And after we've been there 100 or 200 years, we're going to say, you know what? We made a good choice in surrendering our life to God. And after we get there, we might have an awareness because we're totally in the kingdom realm, totally in the spirit realm, where we begin to say, I think I should invest a little bit more time in God. I should invest a little bit more time in the word and studying out my inheritance and adjusting my decisions and how I live my life that the Holy Spirit might have a, a greater place that when I spend eternity, I have a greater effect of what I sent on ahead and what I invested. In John 3, 6, Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Born again speaks of coming to life again. 
by the Holy Spirit to a new life. Some of the greatest people oh, who have experienced God have come from a bad background, have had a lot of negative things happen to them, have done a lot of sinful things, but they have a greater joy because they realize what Jesus saves them out of. People like me, raised in the church and you know, had all the benefits and blessing of living under a covenant blessing of my parents and treating me and raising me uh, the right way, I had a more of a fight to come into my faith because it was all handed to me. But as I got into my 20s and I started feeling the pressures and the temptations of life, I began to see my need for Jesus. And I recognized Jesus, the person of Jesus, because I came to a place to realize I needed a Savior. Because I had everything in my life that would cause me to do every kind of sin that, that I could do because I had a fallen nature that needed salvation. And I came to that place without having to do much uh, uh, wicked things by just simply saying, Jesus, there's wickedness in this place, and thank you for dying for me, but will you come and deal with attitudes and temptations that could take me out? I'm so glad I have a Savior. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit was given to us and given to me that I might overcome. In John 3, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. He has a direction he wants to blow you in. You know, sometimes we're kind of free spirits. You know, we kind of float here, float there. We do this, we do that. But there's nothing like coming under the harness of the Holy Spirit and wrestling sometimes because he wants you to go this way and you want to go that way. And there's times he deals with us and he wrestles with us, and there are times that are not comfortable. But there are times when you learn to submit and surrender to the Holy Spirit where you are investing a little bit more into an eternal bank account that's going to bring great dividends. Because God and his call over your life and his plan over your life, is it's a good plan, but it may cost you. And it's those decisions we make to make that decision to buy into his plan that we feel only for a few moments the cost, but then begins to play out the richer life, the bigger life that God has if you let the winds of the Spirit blow you the way he wants to go. You know, sometimes in our generation or our time, we're afraid of control. You know, l this last week we heard about that family that kept those 13 kids captive, you know, for years. And we think of what do they have to come out of to get out from underneath that control. And sometimes when we feel like we've been over control, we, we want to break out and, and have this life. And so sometimes hearing that the Holy Spirit wants to control our life is kind of be a conflict in our own mind, in our own experience. But it's something that God is very uh, willing to allow you to, to build this trust with you, to learn to let him have control. And I think it's decisions every day and opportunities every day where we work out in our relationship with God how to keep surrendering our, our will. You know, last yesterday in the Bible study, we were talking about investing. And we were talking about investing. It's a gamble to follow Jesus. It's a gamble. You know, maybe you're not gamblers, or maybe if you have, you know, sometimes you've gambled and lost. And for us as Christians, we're gambling our life now that what God says is true, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reap on my investment. And God is saying, gamble a little bit more with him. Surrender a little bit more to the Holy Spirit. 
gamble away your control of your life to see what God will do with that life that you give to him. There's ingredients to worship. In John 4, 23 and 24, Jesus tells us a couple ingredients to worship. Jesus said to the woman at the well, A time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He was saying that, you know, there are ways people have been worshiping, but now people are going to be able to worship in spirit. What's that mean? He was saying people are going to now, because of him dying, on the, going to go to, the, go to the cross and dying, and because he's going to send back the Holy Spirit, that they're going to be able to be born again and have their spirit alive because their sin is going to be taken care of, and they're going to have true worship experience. They're going to be worshiping from their spirit, born again, saved from Satan, out from under his control, now filled with his spirit, that true worship and true emotion and feeling that God intended would rise out of their life and bring true worship to God. Not just a religious worship, not just, yeah, I'm going to give you a few thanksgiving, but worship that so erupts from a heart of a believer, from a place where God resides, from a love that you've received that it begins to spontaneously bring out. And he was telling this lady, this is what's going to happen. That true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. How often have we worshiped God and not been truthful? But God, when he comes into our heart, he brings the spirit of truth where we're restored in relationship and the light of illumination of truth shines in our heart and we see the areas of darkness. We see the areas of deception, of compromise. We see the areas that we're not being obedient to God. We're being religious. And God shines that light so we can have true worship. So when we worship God, we can worship him not with a side agenda or, or a side sin or something we're holding back. But, and you know, sometimes we think we're, we're doing something for a person they, they don't know. God knows everything. And he's wanting us to worship out of truth. For us being such in a right place with God that we can worship in truth, in honesty. And sometimes all that takes is, is realizing, you know what, God, I haven't been truthful about this area. My heart hasn't been right. And yeah, maybe I've been giving you some religious worship, but I want to come back to this place where, you know what, I want to worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you for showing me things. You know, sometimes we run from the truth. Sometimes we run from the messengers that God gives us. But if we come and accept what Jesus is saying to us, we start coming into that place of having real restored worship. We worship the Father through Jesus Christ, who is the truth, by the activity of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians 3, verse 3, the first part, Paul wrote, We Christians are the true circumcision, that spiritual surgery on our spirit at water baptism and we worship God in spirit and by the spirit of God. You've heard me say this so many times if you've been here. I love water baptism. It's the greatest sacrament of the church because something spiritually happens when that person goes down under the water. Circumcision happens. That thing that happens in the heart, God does something so supernatural in water baptism when they're under the water where he separates the soul and the spirit. And as they come out of the water, there's a greater clarity to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to be aware that something has just broken off me. The old sin nature has died. And if I'll feed the Spirit, a lot of my uh, tendencies to sin and a lot of the strongholds are broken off simply by believing in what Jesus does at that spiritual surgery. Our spirit being alive and born again. 
John 4.10, if you knew the gift, Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God today, if you knew the gift of God, right now we can probably all come up with things that we want, maybe even gifts that we wanted, maybe even gifts that we got at Christmas time that now they're just, yeah, they were what I wanted, but yeah, that's, that's Christmas. That's a couple months ago, a month ago. If you knew the gift of God, God wants you to become so aware of the God of the universe being in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the greatest gift you can receive. It is the greatest gift that will keep on giving to you and leading to you and comforting to you and guiding you and frustrating you when you're going your own way and developing your life when you don't want to go that way. The biggest struggles, you've heard me say, Dated that Christian girl, walking to my truck after the first time. No. <laughs> that song, you know, Enoch, I didn't know you were going to do that song today, but I wrote this down Friday. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. That song we sang today. That should be a cry of my heart. Holy Spirit, I'm distant from you. Even though I believe what your word says, that you're present with me, I feel distant from you. What is that? Are you not walking in truth? Are you afraid of what he might say to you? He wants to break through that, that feeling of separation. He wants to break through whatever's going on in our minds and whatever problems we're overwhelmed with. And, you know, we are skilled. We, all, we do learn things, and we grow in confidence from the, from the, the day we're born. But sometimes that confidence becomes our ego and our pride and me, me, I, me. Taking care of everything when God wants you to come as that child where, yeah, he's going to use your intellect. He's going to use what you know. But he wants you to be in that place of dependence. I don't have it all together, God, even though in my mind I think I do. Or I think I'm confident in this area. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I want you involved in this. I want you to check off. This is my plan, but I want you to, to give your stamp of approval. And if you don't, if you don't put your stamp on this, then I want to put I want to take it back. So he brings us to this place. He's that gift. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Some of the words that were given today at the open mic were that thing about taking time, listening more. Why? Because the greatest gift is right there. But are we too busy? Are we too after our own agenda and our own road in our own plan that we're not taking back to check and see if it registers with his plan? It's easier to feel a little bit of pain now than to go down a road and feel like you have to backtrack a, lot, a long way to get back on the highway with God, and then you're incurring a lot of consequences from the decisions you made opposite his will. You know, it is the spirit gives life, the flesh profits nothing. So much of our life is involved with our, our body and our five senses and all the things in, in this world. But there are so many deeper needs that have to be fulfilled by only God and that can bring peace to our soul as it lives out life in this body. 
The power of life comes from the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that grants that life to our, to our natural bodies. Even the wisdom of God that can blow past our own understanding and help us. How many times have we experienced God moving on our intellect and knowing, I never got that thought. I never got that from school. But those divine moments where God breathes the wisdom of God, but it comes up in your head and you're like, whoa, this is exactly what I needed. Answers to problems. Solutions for you at work. Those of you who had key places at work and there's a lot of responsibility on you. You don't think you can use the Holy Spirit? He knows your job. He knows what's going to be demanded of you and he knows answers that can come from you that can raise you up. Didn't he do it to Daniel? How do we activate, Lord, the life and the words that are powered by your Spirit? It's by believing in our heart. Believing in our heart that he's with me, even if my feelings don't go along with that. Even if my mind is telling me he's not here, tell your mind he's here. In 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul wrote, God has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. In John 7, 38 and 39, Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. And this, this, these two verses in John 7 about the rivers of water, it's like a, a, an appetizer before the main event. It was prophesied even just a few weeks ago about the rivers of water that were going to begin to flow. Talking about when Jesus comes back and how the healing waters are going to flow through Jerusalem and going to flow into the Dead Sea and bring healing. Right now, we don't have to wait till Jesus comes back. Right now, the Holy Spirit wants to flow the rivers of water through us. He wants it to be that artesian well bubbling up inside of us of his presence to wash away those things that cause us to be limited in our power. Those things that we see as dead in our life that have not brought life to us. It is the Holy Spirit today that wants to begin to flow those rivers through you, giving you excitement and joy and hope and life out of those places that you were dead. Second Timothy 2, 1. I mean, yeah, Second Timothy 1, 6, rather. Paul wrote, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. I don't know about you, but when you get up in the morning, some of you here, you can't even get moving unless you have coffee. Anybody like that? Coffee is your stirring. Coffee stirs your old body. That caffeine starts you going. Maybe you have exercise routine. You stir routine. routine. You do something to stir yourself. Maybe even you hate your job so much, you have to really stir yourself. You have to talk to yourself to get going. Paul reminds us as believers, we have to stir ourselves because we are in the natural life and we, we come under this blanket 
There's oppressive spirits out there. There's negative news out there. There are problems looming to bounce in front of you. There are things that are going to break that want to be fixed. There are things that are going to cost you money that you don't have. And it is the Spirit. You must be living by the Spirit. You must be led of the Spirit. You must think by the Spirit that you might live the overcoming life, the life that Bruce Gessick talked about, where you're not just eking out existence, but the Holy Spirit has filled you up and you're ready to minister to somebody. You're ready to pass on life to someone. You're better. You're willing to tell someone about, I know a God who heals. I know a God who has answers. I know a God who can help you financially. I know a God who can give you a better job. Something that begins to stir, but you have to stir yourself knowing that the Holy Spirit is So from now on, when you get up, even while you're making your coffee, start talking to the Lord. Start giving thanks to God. Start stirring yourself spiritually. Start pushing your soul and how it's going to attain and, and connect with all the problems and let God be in that place. Will you stand with me? On Sunday the 7th, we talked about James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we're righteous by the blood of Jesus, not by our own selves. So if you have any doubts about your righteousness, that's where you're going to believe. On the 14th, last week, we said Luke 11, 9 and 10. These are the directions I feel like God is putting emphasis for us this year in prayer. Jesus said to us, I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. And he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be open. And, and for day the 21st, in our key verse, is Luke eleven thirteen b Jesus said, if you, even being evil, as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, gifts that are to their advantage to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask? I want us to ask for the Holy Spirit today. If you want prayer, come up. People will pray for you. Come up here if you want people to pray on this side. And if you want to just pray on your own, you want to just have a meeting with God about anything, come on. You and God. And if you want people to pray, come over here. 